You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. announcements, some very important announcements before I get into today's word. How many of you are excited to, to hear the word of the Lord, to hear from God's word? Amen? Come on. We want to be a church that, you know, we value worship, we value encounters, we value God's presence, but we equally value God's word. Amen? That wasn't very many amens. Amen? Amen and amen. Uh, I mean, R.T. Kendall said, you know, there's coming a time where th- that the Word and the Spirit will finally meet together. And then and he said, when that happens, we'll see the greatest revival the world has ever seen. I'm believing God for that. Amen? Amen, amen. So, anyways, a few announcements really quickly, some very important announcements. Number one, our deliverance workshop. <laughs> deliverance is a scary word in the church, <laughs> all right? Um, we like a little nicer words like freedom, right? How many of you like freedom? <laughs> We're going to have freedom group uh, coming up this fall, um, but our deliverance workshop, Pastor Stephen Bochamp, some of you, have you ever heard of Reinhard Bonnke? Anybody? Uh, Christ for the Nations, the ministry, Daniel Kalinda. Uh, Pastor Stephen is on staff at Nations Church in Orlando. He's with CFAN, Christ for All Nations. Uh, he was with Mike Bickle at International House of Prayer for 15 or 20 years. I am extremely excited uh, of him. You have to sign up for this uh, on our Church Center app. It is a workshop. Um, it, it's going to be so good. I, I've never um, been around somebody who, who teaches the Bible so well about spiritual warfare. I don't know about you, but I grew up very charismatic, and I, I just learned a lot of learned behavior that actually isn't necessarily biblical. <laughs> Not very many amens. Like, for an example, if my mom could have bound the spirit of addiction off of me, she would have. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If it was that simple to say, I bind that spirit of addiction, if that was the case, we would just stand right here, right now, and say, we bind the spirit of addiction off of Owensboro, and everybody would get set free. Right? But the reality is uh, we, we got to get a better understanding. What we really need to be praying is that people will come into the saving knowledge of the gospel, that they would come out of agreement with darkness and come into agreement with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what I needed to do, actually, when I was lost and on drugs. Uh, does that make sense? Um, so it's going to be so, so good. You don't want to miss the workshop. You definitely don't want to miss. He'll be with us this Sunday morning as well on July 23rd. Uh, it's just going to be really, really good. Uh, I was on vacation down there in Orlando, and we went to his church, and he was doing a deliverance thing, and, um, and I went, and it was, just, it was just awesome. It was so, so good. He was, he's going to maybe tackle a, a lot of maybe some sacred cows, but it's going to be excellent. You, you don't want to miss it. Also, let's see here. I have a very important announcement, too, uh, and then I have another awesome announcement as well. Um, the past couple years, about two years ago, is that right, Nathan? How long have you been here, Nathan Ash? Two years. About two years ago, um, I believe the Lord led Nathan Ash to our church. Uh, I believe that we've seen and recognized a calling and anointing on his life. Amen. How many of you know that we don't get to give an anointing, but we recognize an anointing? Amen. God's the one who ordains and calls. 
So we have the opportunity uh, of just learning to see this young man grow in the Lord, seeing the calling on his life. And as soon as he came, my first thoughts as a lead pastor of this church is, where can I fit him in our church? Where can I get him to grow up in his calling, the pastoral calling on his life? So big announcement. As of August 9th, Nathan is actually going to be taking over our Kyle Student Youth Ministries. And we are extremely excited for him. And at the same time, we are extremely grateful and honored and blessed for Pastor Daryl, who's still serving your kids in our student ministry. If some of you are asking, is there something wrong, is something bad going on? Hear it from me from this pulpit. The answer is no. Amen? Absolutely not. But we're excited for transition, excited for what God's doing. We're excited for the growth at our church. So, anyways, also, um, this past week, we have the opportunity, for some of you might not know this, but you go to... Uh, we go to the jail and we do a jail service this church has been doing for years. I got the honor of having Joel Langford come with me this past uh, time and give his testimony. And I think he was a little overwhelmed for what was about to happen, but we probably had at least 20 guys pray to receive Jesus at the jail. And then we had about four more pray to receive Jesus at the rehab in Ohio County. And um, so, so good. Um, so just extremely excited. I, I've been, I, honestly, I get kind of, you know when I get up here and say, let us not ever get used to people getting saved? I can find myself doing that sometimes, and I'll tell Maddie on the phone, oh, how did it go? I'll be like, man, I think oh, 16 people, you know, prayed to receive Jesus. She's like, wow. And I'm like, well, sometimes, I don't know, I'm kind of used to it at the jail sometimes. It kind of happens all the time, and it's pretty amazing. Uh, but go, going to jail is kind of like fishing in a barrel, Pastor John used to say. Uh, you know, people are just, <laughs> they're, they're open, right? So, anyways, let's pray. I believe I, uh, something God's put on my heart I really want to give to the church today. And I just really want to communicate this well. Um, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you like the songs we sang earlier aren't just songs, but um, all the glory goes to you, Jesus. All the glory, no matter what testimonies we may give, no matter how good this church may be or become, Lord, we just say today, all the glory belongs to you, all by you, through you, and for you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you come and just anoint me fresh and anew and fill me with your power this morning to speak your word with clarity. Father, I pray for the people in this room that they would have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, if you're new here, we do something like this. Lift out your hands to receive in this place. Some of you are like, what are we doing? Say today, Jesus, I receive everything that's from you and anything else. I don't receive it. See, some of y'all didn't do it, and you're like, what was he going to have me say? No, isn't that good? How many of you know if it's from Jesus, you want it? Even if it's correction, even if it's, you know what I mean? If we set up a line of like, who, who needs a, a prophetic word, everybody would line up over here. <laughs> who needs an encouraging word, everybody would line up. It's like, here's a line over here of correction. <laughs> this is a line of God aligning you back to, you know what I mean? It probably wouldn't be very much, right? But the Bible actually goes on, and this is not part of my message. It actually says that a person who doesn't like correction is stupid. That's the NLT version. That is the word of God. But anyway, somebody say, not me. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, you're not stupid. <laughs> Some of you didn't do that. You're like, no, you are. I've seen. I'm just kidding. All right, so praise the Lord. Man, man, can we just give it up again for our worship team? I think they just keep getting better and better and better. And I know I'm a little biased um, about our team, but just so, so good. I love that song, to the son of suffering. Man, I feel like, you know, we forget about that part, right? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Jesus said, you know, in this life you will have trouble. And even Paul would go on to say, I want to I wanna know you and even in, like you're suffering, right? And so there, there's, something, there's something about building our relationship with the Lord that you can only get when you're going through some suffering. And I know people don't like to hear that, but that's the truth. Amen? All right, so today I want to talk about a couple things. I was praying this past week, and I was like, Lord, what do you want me, what do you want me to talk about? So this is kind of how I come up with what I'm preaching up here, and I'm just like, all right, Lord, um, what do you want to say? And I felt the Lord say to me, I want you to talk about inquiring of the Lord. Somebody say inquire. That is a very King James Version word. Inquiring of the Lord basically means this, to ask God what he thinks. <laughs> All right? To ask God what he's saying, to ask God for direction, to ask God for what he's saying to you in your life. Number two, I feel like the Lord was saying also, uh, I just want to speak into this morning about how to navigate through new seasons as our church and in your life. Like how do we navigate through seasons? And actually these go together, right? How to hear the voice of the Lord, how to hear what he's saying, and also how to continue not to just hear what he said, but to hear what he's saying, Right? Okay, I'll move on. I'll make it make sense in just a minute. Thank you, Latricia. You get it. So how do we know what to do? How do you know where to go? For an example, you might be choosing a church right now. You might be coming and looking for a church to go to. How many of you know you cannot necessarily open the Bible, and it's going to say in the book of Michael, verse 6, you're supposed to go to the Father's house, right? How many of you know the Bible doesn't necessarily say exactly who you're supposed to marry, it doesn't necessarily say exactly where you're supposed to work or where you're supposed to live, right? But it gives us some guidelines. I don't know about you, but I was, when I was a youth pastor, I would preach my heart out to a bunch of street kids, and the only question they would have for me at the end, they're like, well, does the Bible say we can't smoke weed? And I'm like, I mean, not necessarily. There's not a Bible verse that says don't smoke weed. But there is a verse that says be sober, right? So there you go. There's your answer. Be sober-minded. And so do you hear what I'm trying to say is that necessarily the Bible is our, our map and the Holy Spirit is our guide. And so one of the predominant ways that we believe God hears, let me just say this, if you want to grow in hearing God, you need to grow in reading God. For too long, we're like, oh, all we have is the, the Bible and that's all there is. And then the other side is, oh, God told me, God told me to make a peanut butter jelly sandwich this morning. And then the Lord showed me the color purple and bless you how about this how about we start being obedient to what God's word already says right and some people well I don't know if I'm supposed to I, I don't really share the gospel I'm not in the ministry I'm not really an evangelist how many of you know that the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 if you're in Christ you've been given the ministry of reconciliation so you don't need you ready you don't need a, a word, and you don't need to feel led by the Spirit. The Bible was written by the Spirit, and it already tells you what to do. Amen? Come on. Like, so people, it's like, man, the older women should teach the younger women, right? And some of the older women, well, I don't feel led. The Bible says so. Right? We don't need to feel led. We got we to gotta get past this, this one or the other and, and start our starting place is what is God's word saying? Because God won't speak to you contradicting his word. Well, God told me to leave my wife. No, he did not. People play, especially in the prophetic community, people play this trump card, if you will, for lack of better words. 
They play this card. Well, well, I know God told me. How about we learn how to be humble enough to say, hey, actually, that didn't work, and that was wrong. And I've talked to this before. I was going through the drive-thru, and I was like, God, I want to be prophetic, and I want to hear your voice, and I want to give words of knowledge, and I want people to be wowed by your presence. And I remember I was at, at Taco Bell, and I asked the guy, and I felt in my spirit, in my heart, in my mind, man, is your name Jonathan? And he was like, no. <laughs> I was like, and I could have got real spiritual, right? And been like, well, you know, you're like, a, the Lord says you're a Jonathan and you're a good friend. That's not what the Lord, that's not what I was feeling. That was just, I, I just was like, okay. All right, never mind. <laughs> you look like somebody I know, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we need to bring, we need to bring balance and humility to the prophetic, to hearing God's voice, to giving words of knowledge and being willing to say, hey, does this make sense? Oh, it doesn't? Okay, hey, I missed it, right? Instead of, well, I don't know, that's what God told me. Well, I've I've been in services where people are giving prophetic words and somebody's standing in front of them, they're like, you have two daughters, and the lady's like, no. You have two sisters, no. I'm like, will somebody make the false prophet sit down, please? (laughs) Actually, Juan was with me and we left. Remember that? Oh, Lord, I could tell you some stuff. But here's a better question. How do we know it's God? If anything, people are like, well, we have the Bible now, so we don't need to hear God's voice. But I would, I would say the opposite, that the Bible shows us completely that God speaks to his people. Does that make sense? And I want our church to not just be a people um, who go to church, who know the word, who um, give their money, who dress nice, but we are a people who's actually asking God for his direction in our lives and inviting him into our decisions. That we're not just going through the motions. We're not just going to certain jobs. I, I, I uh, teach at Friends of Sinners, and I'm always telling those guys, don't do what makes you the most money. Do what's gonna help you live for Jesus the most. Do what's gonna help you be available for church and available for community. Make the right decisions for your life and not just what you think. So here's another point that's really good. Jonathan Helser says, it's something I think we all need to understand. Some of you are like, man, I just don't really hear God. Remember, start with the Bible. Read the word of God. And, and listen, you need to know as well that you're actually going to grow in hearing God's voice. It's not something that you're going to automatically get a hold of. It's something you grow in over a lifetime. Amen? And once you, you also get to learn his nature through the Bible, you learn his character and his attributes through the word of God, and you'll be able to decipher which voice is his and which voice is either your own or the enemy's. I'm here to tell you as well this morning, not everything is the devil. It's your flesh. Thank you. Not everything's the devil. Ah, my goodness. A lot of it's a flesh problem. You just need to turn off the Xbox. You know, I just got ADHD. I can't read. Listen, you sure could sit on a game console. My, my, my little kid can sit at an iPad forever, right? Like, we got to, you know, man, I got these problems. I got these issues. My, my wife's always telling me, Mike, if anybody's got ADHD, it's you. <laughs> but guess what? I still crucify my flesh. I fast. I pray I do things to combat things in my life, whatever's going to grow me and mature me, right? John 10, verse 27, this is Jesus speaking Check this out. My sheep hear, somebody say hear, my voice, 
and I know them, and they follow me. I want to take one second really quickly. Bob Sorge preaches a message about the most important word in the Bible is actually the word here. Excuse me. The word here. Somebody say here. Because people are like, oh, it must be love because faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And he has a really good point. Actually, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, when he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, at the beginning of that verse, what does he say? Do you remember? He says, hear, O Israel. Do you remember that? He says, first, he's saying, hey, open your ears. Open your ears. Listen, because how many of you know that you can sit in services and listen but not hear? You can hear every word coming out of my mouth, but there's all, you've already made some decisions that you're not going to receive anything. And so he's saying, there's another verse in the gospel that says, pay attention, I think in Mark, how you hear. You know what I mean? It's basically saying, make sure that when you come to church and then when you're, when you're um, trying to understand what God is saying to you or God's using somebody to speak to you, make sure you're actually learning how to pay it. Is your heart open? Is your heart bitter? Is your heart closed? Or is your heart available for, for anything? God, whatever you're saying, I want to hear it. Does that make sense? So he would say, hear my voice. The Father's house, I want us to be a church where we're not just making decisions and plans for our life without asking God for his direction. Does that make sense? That we're, we're not, we're not saying, okay, okay, God, I'm going to take this job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date this girl. And then what we do is after we get in it, and then we're asking God to bless it. God, will you bless this job? And will you bless this girlfriend? Did God tell you? And let me just say this too. I'm not a person that believes in soulmates. I believe that any born-again believer can be with any born-again believer, and once you get in covenant, it's over. Unless there's some, some serious abuse, affairs, and unrepented things. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Because I've seen a lot of women, and also, they, well, God never told me to get with him in the first place. Well, too bad, honey. You got in covenant. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to be mean, but let's be careful what we're hearing lines up with God's word. And let's be careful who we're asking for advice or opinions that they're, what they're saying also lines up with God's word. I don't want to call people when I'm struggling with Maddie in our marriage that are going to say, yeah, she's annoying, man. She really gets on my nerves too. <laughs> and there's nobody in this room that can say they've had that conversation with me. But I don't want to call, I want to, I want to be able to hear God's voice and also be able to discern, is, is this the Lord speaking? Is he speaking to me? Especially when people give prophetic words, right? How many of you know that the Bible says that we prophesy in part, that we see in part, and we say in part? That means that God will give you a part of the word, not all of it. I pray and just declare this morning that our church will be a church that just gives the part we got from God. <laughs> Amen? And not the part that we came up with. And guess what? Sometimes you'll be like me in the drive-thru saying, is your name Jonathan? And that's okay. You notice I didn't say anything real crazy. Like, hey, is your, is your dad dead? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's not probably the best way to start out trying to reach out to hear God's voice in Owensboro. There's somebody from your church came up and talked to me about my, my parents who passed away. I'm like, oh, man, no. That's not what I was saying. So my sheep hear my voice, 
And the next part I want to say here is, it says, and they follow who? Me. Who, who do we follow? Him. Do you notice he doesn't say that he follows us? He says, and they follow me, right? I, we got to get out of this idea that where we're already saved and born again, and we keep coming back to the place of following him. Because we're saved and we continue, we go back and forth with actually inquiring of him and saying, what do you want me to do? And you go back to it, okay, I'm going to go on six vacations this year, I'm going to change this job, and you never ask God. You never inquire of him, and then things don't go well, then you're calm, then you're freaking out, all this stuff. And, and listen, sometimes inquiring of the Lord looks like you getting in the Bible, it looks like you getting around prophetic people, it looks like you talking to your pastors. There's a, the Bible says wise men obtain wise counsel. I'm grateful for a text message I received this morning from wise men and wise counsel in my life this morning, encouraging me about this service, encouraging me just to, for, to just a blessing over our, our church. So, so good. And I'm going, I was on the phone with a guy in, in Florida uh, this past week and, and inquiring of the Lord through him for help for things at our church. Man, what do you guys do about this? Where's, how, the, how do you handle these situations? We got to get out of a place where we're letting ourselves just get on an island and not, we're not asking God what he wants. And you, you know you're not in a good place when you, you are shutting everyone out that's probably going to give you answers you don't want to hear, you know? And you can leave that place this morning, <laughs> Amen. And you could come out to a place, you know, I'm going to talk to some people who I know are going to love me and shoot me straight and shoot me in the right direction. Because I don't want to be outside on my own thing and asking God to follow me. I want to be his sheep. I want to hear his voice and I want to follow him. And that way God doesn't have to come in and correct stuff that I broke. <laughs> right? So God, do you want me to do this job? God, do you want me to do these things? God, will you bless this girlfriend? Come on now. You bless this boyfriend. Did you ask the Lord about that? <laughs> you know, what I mean? does this make sense? Let's let's inquire of the Lord. What are you saying? This is how this is how our Father's House team. This is how we function. This is how I function. It's not here's our plan for nine months that we've come up with because we read it in a book and we've we've Googled how to plan out a church uh, events for nine to ten months. No, not at all. It's God. What are you saying? What are you saying right now is important for our church? What are you saying we need to focus on? What are you saying about small groups? What are you saying about the, our staff? What are you saying about kids' ministry? What are you saying, God? We're constantly at a place inquiring of the Lord and saying, God, what are you asking for? What are you asking for? And even more than that, we're doing it personally in our personal lives. Me and Maddie are asking the Lord Man, and he's, he's speaking and correcting about our own kids, about how we're going to school them. Are they going to go to homeschool? Are they going to go to CC? Are they going to go to Valor? Are we going to keep them in public school? We're saying this isn't necessarily in the Bible. I can't open the Bible and it says, send Carter to Valor. That would be super easy, right? But God actually wants to build relationship with you. That he speaks to you. And I, me and Maddie were praying this whole summer, and it was so cool. So Maddie, one day, we were thinking about doing CC again, which is the homeschool uh, group that our little kids go to. And, and Maddie, we're praying like we don't know what to do. And Maddie calls me, and she said, well, I really felt 
something crazy. I feel like I'm supposed to be a tutor, like the teacher at the CC next year. And I'm going to tell you right now, I did not see that coming whatsoever. Because that's like, it's not really Maddie's personality. I was just kind of like, what in the world? And Maddie was telling me that as she was feeling that in her heart, as the Lord was starting to speak to her, that next day at CC, my sister-in-law came up to her, or someone did, and said, hey, have you ever thought about being a tutor? You know what I mean? Can I just say this? Nobody can hear God for you better than you. But if you're already closed and, and closed off even to God and you haven't even inquired of him ever, you're probably going to need some help to how to hear him. Does that make sense? Because if you've never asked anybody for wisdom and counsel, you've never invited anybody in, you're, you're probably not hearing the Lord correctly. But no one can hear God. Just like during COVID, everybody's looking for a prophet. I don't know about you guys, but there was no prophet who said COVID was coming. Some of them claim they did. Sounds good. I had a lady walk in our church one day, said, I need to talk to the pastor. It was Pastor Chris was here. She said, I'm a prophet of the Lord, and I got a word for him. I said, well, and in my spirit, I discern this lady's kind of a wacko. <laughs> to me, it looks like an, not a prophetic spirit walked in the door, but an orphan spirit walked in the door. And when that orphan spirit wants to be seen, wants to feel significant, wants to be noticed. And I actually said, I said, well, what's your word? I'll tell him, or I'll, I'll, I'll make a decision whether or not he needs to hear it. Oh, no, I can't tell you. I can only tell him. I said, well, what is it? She said, you know, the Lord showed me 9-11. Showed me when it came, showed me all of that. And I said, wow, isn't that a coincidence? And he told, apparently, and he told everyone afterwards, right? You know what I mean? When you get off on an island and you have no pastors in your life and you have nobody coming and speaking over your life, you are setting yourself up to be deceived. Not very many amens on that one. <laughs> and then I went on to tell her, uh, um, you will not be going to talk to the pastor this morning. <laughs> right? Because I need our pastor to be, he's praying right now, he needs to be encouraged this morning and not hear some wacko out of left field word that's probably gonna confuse him. Right? And so anyways, but we gotta be able to discern what's from God and what isn't. Does that make sense? How do we know? You first off know God won't speak against this word. You weigh things that are spoke to you. If you feel like God is saying something, you talk to people in your life. You talk to mentors, you, especially for major decisions. Like when we changed the name of the church, let me say it more like this. When God asked us to change the name of the church, we had so many confirmations that were just so major. It was like, boom, God just spoke. Boom, he spoke again. And it was just confirming things in our lives. So I would encourage you, get in the Bible Talk to mentors and people in your life and find prophetic people who have a, you ready? Prophetic people who have a good track record of the prophetic. Not prophetic people that never admit they're wrong. There's too many people prophetic that never admit when they miss it. And they just say things like, well, God told me. Like, hey, dude, but that was wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> I had a guy at a meeting one time. I was sitting and they were praying for me. And he said, you are... Um, you are helping people financially out of your old drug lifestyle and you're helping them financially and it's actually hurting you. And I went up to him afterwards very politely. I said, hey, dude, that's not true. I just want you to know. And he didn't receive it. Well, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I just give the word of the Lord. I'm like, mm, actually, you don't. <laughs> Does this make sense? 
This is what healthy, and I know I'm getting a little off, but I, I want you to seek out prophetic people who actually have a track record of being prophetic, who are actually being humble, who actually don't want any attention to themselves. People that point you to the Lord. Read God's word. Listen to mentors in your life. Hear what he's saying and weigh what he's saying with others in your life. Amen? I don't know about you, but if you're married, your wife is usually the prophet. Some of you still haven't received that yet, and you've been, well, I'm the leader of the house, and, and I'm, the, I'm the prophet of the house, and I'm the priest of the house. And I'm going to tell you right now, my wife can hear God for me better than probably anyone I've ever talked to, better than any prophetic person or anything. Why? Because we're one flesh. And I'll be talking to her about things. I'll be external processing, and then she'll say the exact thing I need to hear. And I'm like, whoa. I'm so glad I talked to you about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So husbands, talk to your prophet. You know they're the prophet because when, when you're trying to fill out a personality test, they can tell you where you're right or wrong, right? They're like, I'm, me and Maddie, we're doing a new one, and we're always doing stuff like that. And it's like, you know, am I? A lady asked me, she said, are, do you easily lose interest in things that aren't interesting to you when people are talking about it? And I was like, well, I mean, I don't think so. Not really. My wife's like, what? <laughs> you, that's exactly you. And I was just like, ah. Did you know? Hmm. God doesn't want you to be ashamed of how he's wired you. And I can realize that there's, there's some parts of my personality that cannot be positive. But being okay and humble enough to be like, yeah, that's still me, though. I still actually do struggle with that. Because pride will want to come in and say, that's not actually how I am. I've changed. Well, maybe you have, but you're still probably wired that way. You know, I'm definitely a doer. I'm a mover. Let's go. Let's shake. You know? And the Lord, I remember the Lord, uh, I was at a a conference one time, and this pastor was talking about, you know, just having this big vision, all this different type of stuff, and and like how he, he doesn't even know all the steps to put it together. And the whole time I was listening, I was sort of thinking like, I don't think that's me. And I felt less than. And I remember going up and talking to him and him saying, oh no, you're not a liability, you're an asset. He was saying, I need people with your personality on my team, right? We need all of each other and, and exactly how God has wired each of you, we need all of it. We need every expression of the kingdom to build the church. Amen? So don't think, well, I'm quiet and I'm not really quiet or I don't really talk a lot. That's fine. You're not, you're not supposed to. <laughs> right? The Bible says not all should teach. This platform is not the most significant place in this church. Y'all, people really need to get that understood. Man, I was here the other day, last night, actually with my brother, and there were some women here cleaning this church, like in the dark, a little bit, and they had some lights on. I was sitting there thinking, y'all can turn some lights on. <laughs> Jim Bezos probably here turning lights off. I know you were. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. But we want to hear God's voice. Amen? And then I got about 35 more minutes left of the second part of this. Glory. So, um, so once again, God is not asking to follow you. He's asking us to follow him. There's a song that I love. It says... Um, um, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. I give myself away. 
I love singing that song just to kind of recalibrate my life. Like, oh yeah, my life is yours. It's not mine. Actually, the, it, it, it's, the Bible says in Titus that we would be a people for his own possession. That he, 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 we're a people for his own possession. Like, our life doesn't belong to us anymore, ladies and gentlemen. It's his. He didn't just want our sin. He wanted our lives. Amen? What a crappy deal, for lack of better words, if he only gets your sin. And not you. You know what I mean? He's not excited. He wasn't going to collect sin when he came. He was going to start a family. He's going to get people. He was going to get ambassadors to build his kingdom and not ask you to bless you building yours. Amen? Come on, it's good. Right? Lord, how can I use my business to build your kingdom? Lord, how can I use my gifting to build your kingdom? Lord, how can I use my hands to build your kingdom? Lord, I know you've gifted me, and I've done these things to build wealth for me, but how can I build wealth for you? Amen? We didn't get very many amens on that one. You're like, I want to build a kingdom, ambassadors. I'm like, oh, you're going to do it with your money. And you're like, oh, oh I don't know about all that. Hmm. Can we, just, can we just break a stigma that's just in, in this room right now of like money? You know, of like, oh gosh, I'm holding my money and churches just want my money. And can you just break that off of you? If somebody has, listen, if you're at a church where you don't trust the leadership with the money, then you need to go to a different church. Why would you trust churches with your kids and not your finances? You know what I mean? Like if you think there's something wicked going on, by all means, go. But if you're like, man, I love this place. Man, I feel God here. I love the authenticity. But you know what I'm saying? I don't really trust them with my money. No, you actually probably just don't trust God with your money. Moving on. Moving on this morning. I'm getting off track. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, in all your ways. Somebody say all my ways. In all my ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. I remember when I was incarcerated. Come on, somebody. And I got a hold of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be added onto you. And I remember thinking, I got warrants in two states. I got people trying to kill me. I owe so much money to a lot of people. I have nowhere to live. I'm homeless. I have no vehicle. I remember thinking, if this is a promise, I'm going to do this. I'm going to seek your kingdom first. Somebody say first. I'm going to seek you first. If I seek you first, here's the promise. You're going to take care of everything. Right? And so I started saying, all right, God, I'm going to seek you first. I remember going to the Walmart after I got out of jail, and I got so convicted. I was trying on clothes in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and then I was putting the clothes back on the hangers even in the dressing room and putting them back. Because I was just like, man, I just want to do everything. I just want to please God. I'm going to seek his kingdom first. I want to do whatever he's saying in whatever situation. I want to be, I want to wake up every day and everywhere that I go, I want to say, God, will you, will you teach me your ways? Will you show me today? Will you guide me today? And I'm telling you, like, uh, this is how good the Lord is. You can just be going to Kroger to get groceries, but he will put somebody in your way. He will put something on your heart. He'll lead you by his voice. And a guy came up to me the other day and said, hey, hey, Kroger, hey, will you pray for my, um, my wife and her mom passed away. 
You know what I mean? Like I wasn't going to Kroger to evangelize. You know, I was just going to Kroger. I don't know about you guys, but I probably go to Kroger more than anyone on the earth. <laughs> I think I go to Kroger every day. It's like a therapy for me. I'm just kidding. But I'm in there just saying, like, all right, Lord, I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. Will you make my path straight? Will you, will you, I, wanna, I wanna do what you asked me to do today. When I'm parenting my kids, I wanna do what you're asking me to do. And how many of you know that comes in relationship in the moment? You ever notice you do things that are unfair to your kids because you don't know what you're doing? <laughs> I do, right? We're like, we're doing stuff and we're like, oh. they're like, oh, it's not fair. And we're like, it's probably not. You know what I mean? But we're, we're trying to hear God's voice and he's changing things. Sometimes if you've parented, you have to learn to move on to my next point. We gotta learn not just to hear what God's said in the past, but what he's saying in the moment and not get stuck on what he said and not let him change to a new season. Here's a story in the Bible for you. Abraham and Isaac. What did God say to Abraham? Go and sacrifice your son Isaac. Do you remember this story? And he woke up the next morning and said, me and the boy are going to go up on the mountain to what? To worship. And listen, he's on the mountain about to do what God has told him to do. Right? But then what happens? God speaks again. <laughs> right? And stop. Stop. And you know what Abraham could have said? Well, God, I know for a fact God told me. So I, I can, I'm going to go ahead and do this because I know God told me. Right? I know God told me to start this business. I know I heard him clearly. I know I heard him in prayer. But now I feel like he's telling me to close it down. Now I feel like he's telling me to sell it. Hold on a second. Now I feel like he's telling me to quit this job and go somewhere else. But I know God placed me here. We don't need to just know what he said. We need to know what he's saying. And there's times where when our kids get up in the middle of the night and me and Maddie are trying to discern what to do in the moment. This is how Jesus modeled relationship with the Father in the New Testament. What did he do? So, okay, let me start. Let me stop. In the New Testament, Jesus would say things like this. I only do and say what I see the Father do and say. Did you notice that Jesus did not give us a playbook of how to walk out life? Sometimes he would spit in the mud. Sometimes he would speak the word. Sometimes he would say, Lazarus, come forth. Sometimes he would say, get up and walk. And if he modeled anything, he modeled, hey, God, what are you saying? He didn't model what to do. That's what's funny about healing and the prophetic, all this kind of stuff. It's like we can put whatever kind of playbooks and stuff into it, but the real reality, the real playbook is you got to know how to hear God. And I'm loving, like for my son, he's 15, for the last however many years, I've challenged him and said, he's like, I don't know about this, Carter, what's going on? I'll say this, what is God saying? And I love how my son knows how to hear God. Because that's all I need him to do. I need him to leave my house knowing how to have a relationship and hear God. I don't need him just to leave my house knowing how to go to church knowing how not to smoke weed, knowing how not to cuss around certain people. I need him having a relationship with the Holy Spirit so when he's in a bad place or trying to make decisions, he can say, God, what are you saying? What are you saying to me? Does this make sense? So there is, um, look at this verse in 1 Samuel 14, 36. This is really cool. This is uh, Saul, King Saul. By the way, King Saul was making all kinds of silly decisions. But he says, let's chase the Philistines all night and plunder them until sunrise. This was his idea. 
Let's destroy every last one of them. His men replied, we'll do whatever you think is best. My goodness. Some good men. But the priest said, let's ask God first. (laughs) You know what I mean? And we got to get out of a place where we're only making decisions on what we may think is best and say, God, let's ask you first. Logic might tell me to move right now. Logic might tell me to sell this property. Logic might tell me to do A, B, C, and D. But God, what are you saying? What are you saying? Because I'm going to tell you right now, God will say things to you that don't make sense at all. When me and Maddie have been believing God for money over the years, God tells us to give more away. That doesn't make any sense, right? But actually the Bible teaches an upside down kingdom. If you die, you live, right? If you go low, you'll go up. And God will say things that don't make sense and we don't wanna be like Saul. Let me say it like this. Saul was making, quote unquote, like good, good decisions, but they weren't God decisions. Does that make sense? We want what God is saying at the Father's house and in our personal lives in every moment, in every decision. And here's the good news. You ready for the good news? Surely his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So even if you miss it, even if you're disobedient, even if you screw it all up, he still loves you, cares for you, will take care of you and be merciful. The Bible says when we're not faithful, he is. That's good news. But what if we can, in a sense, help him a little bit? Instead of just screwing it up and then coming back and asking him to come in and fix it. And he's like, oh, I didn't tell you to do that. Right? There's a book, um, like for an example, how many remember the bracelets? What would Jesus do? Right? Really, we can't necessarily do what he did. We'd go spit on some people. But we can just do what he did. Lord, what are you asking of me? Do you remember that the wedding feast of Cana? Do you remember what he said? His mom was like, hey, they need more wine. What was his response? My time has not yet come. Okay? And then basically I can imagine his mom giving him a look like, well, I'm your mom. It's kind of like when my kids, I'm like, hey, you get in the shower. My time has not yet come. (laughs) Well, you're going to do what I say. (laughs) That's how this works. You're five. And I'm big and stronger than you. I'm your dad and you're going to listen. But he said, my time has not yet come, right? He basically tells her, hey, I'm not supposed to do that yet. I'm not supposed to do that yet. And I'm guessing she basically do it. And then I, I could imagine that he looks at the father and the father's like, change the plans. Right? He's saying this wasn't part of the plan, but that's, we got to be willing to adapt in new seasons. There's a book called Canoeing the Mountains, and I'll close with this. There's a book called Canoeing the Mountains. How many of you ever heard, this is maybe show my age a little bit, or I don't know if they even teach this in school anymore. I don't know if they teach about American history. It's trying to get all of our kids to hate America, which is nonsense, the greatest nation on the earth. So it is, truly is. That's why everyone wants to come here. We forget about that. Um, so there's a book called um, Canoeing the Mountains, and it talks about, remember, if you know Lewis and Clark, 
And they went on this journey to try to get to the West Coast. And, and they thought in their minds that we can just go there by river. And they, they actually thought that the United States was like coming up to a slope. And once they met the middle of the United States, they would be able to just flow down the river all the way to the Pacific Ocean. And then they found out something terrible. They basically were met not with another river, not with a little slope. They were met with the Rocky Mountains. And even there was a quote of one of them saying, behold, the most terrible mountains I've ever seen. Why? Because it stood in the way. Of their, it, it changed plans of everything. We got to be willing to let God change plans. We got to be willing where God will say, people are like, oh, I love the hymn. I, I love Come Thy Fount. And at one time, God gave that hymn to someone and someone got saved listening to that hymn. But God's saying, I'm still giving out new songs. And what would happen was Lewis and Clark, what they did was they, where they traveled by boat for however many miles, they now couldn't travel by canoe any longer. They had to start to hike the mountains. And what worked for a season wasn't going to work anymore. Just like right now, we're going through transitions and we're moving our, our five and six-year-olds. Some people might be thinking, oh, man, that's really annoying. Why are we doing that? It's because we're learning how to canoe the mountains. We're learning how to adapt and be flexible. Even where we're going to have an all-staff meeting here soon is a lot of our leadership. And me and Pastor Faith were talking the other day, and we've been really kind of stuck on a certain way that we're uh, equipping our leaders and equipping our team leaders. And we, we're just like talking it out and inviting the Lord into it. And the Lord's basically like, change it. And we're like, okay. And some of our leaders were like, why are we doing this? We're doing this because we're, we're trying to adapt. We're constantly in a place at the Father's house where we're going to be saying, God, this is cool. We don't ever want to be stuck in our ways and miss your ways. I don't ever want to be stuck. Did you notice we changed the order of flow in our service a lot? Like we used to have people come up and welcome the service. And then we don't do that anymore. And now we're doing worship. And now we used to have a couple people do transition and do offering. Now we're doing one person. Why? Because we're constantly saying, all right, Lord, is this working? Or what are you saying? What are you saying? And at one time, we all came into agreement to do it a certain way and felt like the Lord was saying. But we're willing to say, God, what are you still saying now? Are you saying for us to do VBS this way? Are you saying for us to do camp this way? Are you saying for us to stay a part of this or whatever, God? What are you saying now? What are you saying now? Don't get stuck on my, well, I know God told me to do this. Well, God can change what he told you to do. He changes stuff around our house all the time. He told us to stop looking for a house. He told us to stop thinking about looking for a house. And then he told us, he said, get a notebook out and start writing down everything you want to invest into your home. I'm like, hold on, Lord. I was talking about saving money. Did you hear what I was saying? I was asking you about saving money. And it seems like you're telling me to spend money. That's not how those work. And God's like, that's how I work. Do what I say. <laughs> right? I'm like, okay. And I've started to learn, and I'm still learning sometimes the hard way, that I want to do what he says. <laughs> right? I want to do what he says, even if it doesn't make any sense. I want to do what Proverbs 3, chapter, or chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, that I lean not on my own understanding, and I just do what he says. I remember, man, I'm going to tell you guys, a lot of the times it does have to do with money where God is trying to stretch you. I, I love what uh, Pastor, um, what's his name? Landon Schott, or Scott, Shot. 
Pastor Landon. Pastor Landon says something so good. He says, if you can hear God about money, you can hear God about anything. I was like, dang. Because you know when God's speaking about finances, because it'll be completely out of the blue usually. Or sometimes it's nothing crazy. Just be obedient, amen? So we want to hear his voice. We want to inquire of the Lord. We want to invite God in. Can we stand? Can I, get, can I just get some piano, please? Our worship team, come. We have a fresh opportunity this morning to change the way that we do things in our life. <laughs> to not ask God to bless our decisions, but to ask him first. Somebody say first. God, what are you saying? Hmm. How many of you know you don't need a prophetic word to work on your marriage? Well, I don't feel led to do the marriage stuff. Consider yourself led. God wants you to grow up into the mature man. Amen? I don't feel led to serve. No, you're called to serve. I don't feel led to lift my, to praise. I don't feel called to pray. No, no, no. This, consider yourself led. The word of God commands these things. I don't feel led to get baptized. No, the word of God commands it. You don't need a word. Sometimes Bill Johnson says something really good. He said, imagine at the beginning in Genesis when he said, let there be light and nothing happened. And then he heard a voice saying, I was waiting on a confirmation. We don't need any confirmation for what God's word has already said. Amen? So let's shift things this morning, all of us in this room, into our parenting, into our marriages, into our businesses. God, what are you saying? Some of you are thinking about expanding your business. Some of you are thinking about, man, some of you are thinking about what to do with your kids for schooling. I pray the Lord will speak to you even this morning. Some of you are thinking about acquiring more property. I just I would encourage you to ask the Lord what he's saying. Some of you are thinking about new business adventures and new things to make money, whatever it may be. I would encourage you to ask the Lord what he's saying. I would encourage you to talk to your spouse. Talk to mentors. Talk to people in your life. See what they're saying before you make major decisions. Talk to people you know, hear God. Amen? Don't be on an island. Let our prayer team come. Can we just lift our hands all over this place? I just want to pray for you. Just a blessing on you. Jesus, I just pray that you would give your people ears to hear and eyes to see and just humble hearts to say, God, I just want what you want. I believe with all of my heart that every person in this room does want what you want. Even though we just get in the way and get familiar with you and go through the motions, God, I believe everybody in here today is saying, man, God, I just want what you want. Would you speak to me? Would you give me direction? Would you speak to me about school? Would you speak to me about my job? Would you speak to me about whatever it is, Lord? Would you speak to me about which church I'm supposed to be at? Whatever it may be, God, would you speak? Would you lead me in the name of Jesus? We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And before we go, I do want to give an opportunity. Hey, our prayer, our altar team is already open. So if you need prayer for healing, encouragement, just anything at all, I highly encourage you to get out of your seat. This is not a church of shame. Come on, somebody. 
This is not a church of of shame, of you walking to an altar of what's wrong with her, what's wrong with him. This is a place of exchange. This is a place where you walk into the loving arms of a father. We are excited for you. We are honored to have you. If you need prayer, don't be ashamed. Look look at your neighbor real quick and say, do you need prayer? I didn't hear enough voices in here because y'all were scared. Do you need prayer? Say, I'll go with you if you do. And before we go as well, if there's anybody here today that can say, man, I need to have a saving relationship with Jesus. I need to be saved from my sin. I need to be born again. I need to have my sin washed away so I can spend eternity with Jesus and have an abundant life on the earth. If that's you, you can say, I need to be saved. I just want to have an opportunity for you right now. I need salvation. Would you lift up your hand right where you are? I just always want to give a moment every week for anybody. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Anybody at all? I just want to give you a moment. Don't be ashamed. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Anybody at all? Awesome. I pray everyone here is born again. Celebrate. <laughs> Maybe you're a little nervous. Before you go, please come. If you need to give your life to Jesus, come down to our altars and somebody will pray for you and bless you this morning. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning? Awesome. Put your hand on your neighbor too. Let's just bless each other on the way out. Pray a little blessing on them. Say bless them, Lord. Bless their job. Bless their kids. Bless their marriage. Bless their bodies. Come on, it's too quiet in here. Let's lift the, come on. Bless them, Jesus. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We love you guys. If you need prayer for anything, please, before you go, we'd love to have you come to the altars. We love you. Have an awesome time at the Mexican restaurant. You're amazing. Witness to the guys there. Have an awesome, awesome week. Love you.